Welcome to the Vision for the Valley podcast. I am your host, Joseph Velarde. In this podcast, we will discover the gym that is the Lehigh Valley and learn from people from all walks of life. Well, welcome to another episode of the Vision for the Valley podcast. I'm so excited to be hanging out with my friend, City Cuts in Kutztown. And I heard about City Cuts, learned about City Cuts in September as my son, who was turning, who had turned two at that point, needed to get his hair cut because he had a mullet thing going on. And so we looked out for places to go. And the place that we found that really had great reviews to work with children uh, was City Cuts. And so we made it. Uh, here and uh, my son, uh, as would be expected, if you know my son uh, or if you know two-year-olds, uh, had a, had a difficult time. Uh, my wife had to hold him down, and he cried a good bit. And then the next time, my wife was like, "You're taking him," <laughs> and so I took him. And they, throughout it, were really gracious and kind to my son Ray, who had a lot of uh, medical procedures early on in his life. And so having things in his face, he gets a little freaked out. But just gracious. With that, even as he was uh, crying quite a bit, and a lot of the customers uh, were very gracious as well <laughs> because you couldn't help but hear. And then the last time I came, uh, the real Jerry Jones uh, <laughs> came in early and uh, allowed us to, to get a haircut. And that time it went really, really well. But every time that we've left City Cuts, I've just been reminded of the way that they care for my family and care for the community. So much so that even my son, as he mentioned City Cuts, and the time there, he's like, I got my hair cut. But then he ends up saying, sorry, Mr. Jones. Sorry, Mr. Jerry. You know, sorry, Mr. Jerry. Sorry, Mr. Jerry. He says it again and again and again. So, guys, again, glad to have you on the podcast. And what I wanted to do is just hear from you a bit about who you are. So if you could just share your names and how uh, you became part of City Cuts. Uh, my name is uh, John Esqueta. I'm the owner and I started City Cuts about 2006, uh, pretty much straight out of um, barber school. Um, I just pretty much just want to follow my dreams, you know, kind of step away from what regular 20-year-olds were doing and uh, just kind of pursue what I wanted to do in life rather than what I was being told in school or being uh, led to, to believe that, you know, college is the way to go. Um, there's many ways to be successful and College is not the only way to, to, to be successful, so I kind of wanted to make my own path. All right, my name is Jerry Jones, um, Instagram, the real Jerry Jones. <laughs> uh, from Allentown, Pennsylvania, I currently reside in Kutztown, where I am a barber slash manager at City Cuts Barbershop. Um, I started taking hair cutting seriously about 2014, and then, um, but City Cuts have been within me forever since John started me and John have been best friends since fourth grade so he's been um, teaching me along the way but I've just been there since 2014 just trying to help out wherever I can and do whatever I can for City Cuts and teach everybody else the same. Well uh, my name is uh, Giovanni Cisneros but everybody calls me Gio. I'm actually uh, from Allentown. Uh, I've been doing this for about three years and three months or so. And uh, I met these guys for about a year and three months ago. And basically, I just uh, decided to, uh, you know, get into the uh, um, barber business because of I just got tired of working, you know, the uh, nine to five jobs and, you know, going nowhere at a warehouse. And I just wanted to do something better for myself and, you know, something uh, different and, you know, try to make uh, um, other people feel better, you know, about themselves. 
and um, here I am, uh, three years and three months later, and I do not regret, you know, making that choice that day. I just, you know, I just quit my job one day, and I just decided to, you know, uh, try this that, that I call now my um, everyday life, my, um, what do you call it? You can say, profession. Uh, yeah, pretty much profession. So, nice. yes. Yeah. Uh, my name is Nate McCurry. I am uh, the barber apprentice here at City Cuts, and I started about uh, four months ago, but I started cutting hair regularly uh, the first day, which was July 1st, so I've been here cutting hair about a month and a half. Um, I was in college, and as John said, you don't need to do that to be successful, and I knew I always wanted to do this, but high school, you were told if you don't go to college, you're not going to be anything in life, so I thought that they were all right. And then took me, luckily it didn't take me as long to realize as some other people. So, you know, I dropped out, wanted to go to barber school, and then, you know, something happened, the lesson happened, I ended up here, way better than barber school, learned way more in this little bit of time. You know, I can't thank these guys enough. My name is Rudy Jerome from Reading. Um, I started, you know, becoming a barber. And back in 2017, I've been here at City Cuts for like a year and a half. And I really enjoy it. I enjoy helping people and, you know, being around people friendly. And these guys are really good with the community, with the help, with everybody, with kids. And I love it. So this is me. <laughs> well, this is actually a first that we're having this many people on the podcast. I just think it really speaks to the incredible, incredible team right here in City Cuts. I appreciate you guys making the time to be a part of the Vision for the Valley podcast. And also, uh, just again, uh, the way that you do truly care for your customers in the community, which I know was mentioned. And we're going to dive into a couple different things because I really want people to hear um, the, the backstory and even the things that you guys are a part of. So here's the, the first question. Uh, why did you start City Cuts? And uh, this question's for John here. Um, I started City Cuts in 2006. Um, I didn't really have an idea of, of what I wanted to do with barbering, you know, sort of. I just kind of just wanted a job where I was inside um, talking about sports um, and kind of just looked at barbering as an art, art form rather than just like just cutting hair. So that definitely interested me. And um, once I saw that I was able to pay my bills with, you know, just kind of like a part-time gig at that moment in time, it really opened my eyes like, well, why can't I just open my own shop? And then um, an opportunity to open up here in Kutztown because of my cousin, uh, Mike. He uh, gave me the idea to open up here in Kutztown because they're college kids. You know, there weren't really like an urban barbershop around here, so they had to drive to Allentown or, or Reading for that reason and um, I've been here ever since and it, it's just been a wonderful feeling to be able to give back to the community and to be able to give back to so many other people that's been a part of it and just I'm just thankful and grateful that we're still here, still operating. Yeah, congratulations by the way of uh, starting this in 2006 and to continue on which is quite a feat in itself and I, I know a lot of times people hear that and they're like oh okay yeah like <laughs> and those who are like leading it don't, don't realize like Wow, that's a long time yeah. to be going at it and to really still be standing and to really be making an impact and to do good work. Like it's not only that you're great with the customers and the community, you actually cut really good hair. Like I've benefited from that several times, you know, you guys do a great job 
here with that. And so as, as we think about even your entrepreneurship journey and, and really what's led you guys to do what it is you do, I wanted to hear what is the, the mission behind City Cuts? You know, what's the mission behind it? I know you maybe touched on a little bit of that and you guys can jump in as well on that. Well, um, like Jerry always says, man, um, our job is to, when you walk out of here, walk out with a smile. So pretty much walk out with some confidence before you even got here. So our goal is to just make everyone feel good about themselves, make them, you know, then if you feel good about yourself, then whoever you're around will kind of get that energy. Hmm. So, and he definitely can elaborate on that more because that's, he's the personality of the shop. So in the shows. Um, can you ask that question? One yeah. Time? Just what, what's the mission behind, you know, City Cuts? Um, the mission is just to... To spread the energy, like he was saying, um, that's my job as as the guy, the door guy. I'm <laughs> I'm supposed to make sure people smile on the way in and on the way out, and that's not a city cuts policy. That's like a lifestyle. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's always there's opportunity to for better. So you should never be down. You know what I mean? Get out your you know get out get out your fog that you're in and just. Look, look forward to the to the next page. That comfort zone. Right, get out that comfort zone. But um, hopefully we, we, we hope that everyone adapts the program. And um, like I said, it's more of a lifestyle. It's not just a haircut. You know, it's therapy. It's a relationship. So we're building. We're not just, here, here sit down. What, what kind of haircut you want? $20. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's deeper than that. We don't really care about the money. Like we're giving away the money to the kids, you know what I'm saying? We just want them to pick up on that and see that giving is key rather than receiving, because you have to give in order to receive. So you're not going to get any blessings if you're not blessing others. It's really cool, yeah. And as I think about even my time with you guys here at the shop, I, I definitely get that vibe. Like when I walk in, just the energy, uh, the joy, uh, and even the fact that we get to talk about something I love to talk about, about which is basketball. I'm yes. a huge NBA guy, yes. and I love that other guys know the NBA. And like, they're not looking at me like, what are you talking about? You know, and, and, and you know, we got some people around the table who, you know, have to be a fan of a team that is really, you know, difficult to watch, like the Knicks. Yeah. So we, we try to bring encouragement and comfort and good energy and good vibes to them uh, as, as they keep suffering on. Uh, but I definitely, I definitely feel that, you know, that, that idea that it's more than just uh, a haircut. It is artistry from the sense of the, the cut that you get, but it's also artistry in the way you relate to the customers, to the people, the way that you uh, cause them to feel at ease, and even to think about why you started here in Kutztown. I, I think that's incredible. It's an innovative way to think. You know, here's an opportunity where an urban type of barbershop didn't exist, and yet there's a college right down the road here. Right. And, and when I come in here, man, I, I'm amazed how many college students are here, but it's not just college students. It's a lot of the people that are regularly in Kutztown, even when school's out, right. you know, at Kutztown. Like, I, I see so many different people who have made their way here, who are staples in the community, and who know you guys. And I love when I drive by and you guys are on the, the front out there, like, hey, what's up? You know, you're talking to all kinds of people, you know, and, you, and, you, and I think that really speaks to what you're talking about, is, is really the idea, hey, we're going to celebrate you. Right. We're going to celebrate you for you. We're going to make you feel like you're a person of value and significance. And man, does our culture need that more than ever yeah. to be reminded no matter who they are, no matter what their story is, no matter 
how far they failed or the mistakes they've made, that there is a hope and a future for them and for their lives. So as we, we think about the idea of the, the, the mission behind it, I, I was curious, and you may have hit on this, and we're going to go into different parts of this as well, but what, what is your vision for Kutztown and the greater Lehigh Valley area? Like what, what do you guys envision uh, for, for Kutztown and the greater Lehigh Valley area? And it doesn't have to be like a, anything crazy, but just what's, what are the things that you, know, you think about? So, um, like I said, um, well, like John said, we were, he was targeting pretty much the, the college students coming out to this area. But I think we, we realized that it wasn't just the college students that needed help. It was the locals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So once we realized that, it was kind of like we need to expand our horizons. You know, let's get the middle schools, let's get the elementary schools, the high schools in the area, as well as the college students. So once we once we focus more on everyone rather than just the general population of a Division two college, it exploded. And we've just been taking it, taking it from there. What do you see? Um, I think the vision for Kutztown is definitely uh, up and coming. Um, you can see definitely a lot of growth around here. You know, within the last 10 years, um, I know there's a lot of uh, new homes that's being built around here. So, like, it's just... Just like the Lehigh Valley, the growth of you know downtown downtown was tremendous. Uh, it went from like being a, a bad neighborhood to walk in now is like people are celebrating every night and going to the bars and stuff like that. So it's just definitely been a, just a plus to see that we're part of that growth, mm-hmm. you know. And um, we're just hoping that you know who whoever they are that you know if they are going to build a business around these areas is just. Important to always get back and think about everyone else rather than just yourself. Definitely. You know, we want to spread that awareness that kids are like sponges, like Jerry said. They're sponges over bricks. Mm-hmm. Adults meaning bricks, and sometimes they're they're stuck in their own ways and they're hard to change, but... Hard-headed. Kids, you know, they're, they're open to, to more... Um, as far as mindset goes, you know, mm-hmm. if somebody... If they like somebody's mindset, they might adapt to that because their minds ain't already made up yet so we're just trying to target the kids more that it, you could be whatever you want you could just follow your dreams you could just as long as you're willing to work hard for it you know and, and it's there for you to take so you just gotta keep going and keep pushing for that yeah one of the things I noticed on your social media feed and also I've, I've talked to you guys is how much I, I see you not only in the local community here but then jumping into opportunities within uh, schools or events. You know, I know firsthand that my identical twin brother, who's a Chick-fil-A owner-operator, Chick-fil-A Whitehall, uh, <laughs> they're doing a uh, back-to-school party on Saturday, August 24th, and he was telling me that you guys are, are doing free haircuts right. at that event. And I just, man, I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing that these guys, in the midst of the throes of your, your own business and all that's going on, and you're, you're taking time to, to do things like that, you know, so much so that I heard you're going to put the Chick-fil-A logo in my head. <laughs> right, John? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the rumor. Hopefully. Yeah, John. Hey, my brother, man, he's, re- he's ready for it, man. He's ready for it. He said, sign him up. Sign him up. But I, I think that really speaks to even that generosity mindset where you guys are practicing uh, wise generosity. And what I mean by that is just you're giving thought to what you're going to contribute and give towards making a difference in so many people's lives so many of the students uh, the faculty the community and so those are just a couple of things that i know about that you guys are doing 
But then as I uh, left the first time, maybe you and I and, and Ray, we, we, we first came and, and Ray got his hair cut. All of a sudden, we started to see something else that was happening at City Cut, something that was making national news. And I was like, whoa, this is in Kutztown. Uh, and, and it's this program called Books by Kids. And it's pretty amazing to, to watch how that has taken off. But it was a reminder to me that you don't have to be in a major city to make a major impact. And I, I think that's really key because we are in the valley and for the valley. You know, and, and really the reason we started this pod, podcast is to highlight and connect people to these incredible stories. But as I look at you guys, even though Kutztown isn't considered a, a major city or even... A oh, city at all. Yeah, right? right? I mean, even, even the Lehigh Valley, you know, it's right. not, they it, it don't consider it the same as Philadelphia or, or Pittsburgh right. or New York City or Baltimore, all these different major cities like Boston, you know. But still, it's a reminder to us that we can make a major impact even when we're not in a major city. That it's not hindered by our geography. Mm-hmm. It's really sure. about mindset, attitude, and what we choose to do with what we've been given. And so I wanted to ask you guys, uh, what what is Book by Kids, and what led you guys to start that? Well, um, I started Books by Kids program about uh, 2017. Um, I was coaching basketball uh, around 7th and 8th graders at that time. And I can see that they were like really just shy around, you know, their teammates, you know, during practices and the games. And I was just like, well, why are they shy? You know, these are your friends. But they're more like afraid to give them orders or afraid to kind of tell them what to do on and off the court. So I'm just like, well, let's force them to kind of speak upon that, like, and just rather make them comfortable and not talk about it, let's bring it out on the table. So we prioritized for one for each one of them to be able to speak up to their team. So they're kind of like a mini coach. And um, we saw the chemistry kind of like grew from there. The confidence grew on the court. So they weren't afraid to tell, oh, hey, set a pick or here, pick up this man. Like it's just them talking and communicating, which got a lot easier throughout, you know, throughout the year. And I say, well, if it works for them while they're at this age, it could work for, you know, kids a lot younger. So by the time we get to 7th and 8th grade, they won't have that problem. A coach won't have to deal with that. So, but obviously we're in the barbershop. So what's a, a good way for, for, for me to kind of um, bring that out, which is, to me, is reading out loud in front of others. You know, that's very hard to do because there's a lot of eyes on you. But if you try to keep the focus on just you and the, and the, the kid in the barbershop, I mean, like in the chair... You know, you kind of like don't want them to be like, oh, there's a lot of eyes on me. Just focus on the book and just read to me first. Get that confidence up. Mm-hmm. And by the time, you know, third or fourth haircut, you're comfortable enough to read in front of a grown men. You know, talking about what you want in life or speaking up for what you believe in isn't going to be that difficult because you're used to it at a very young age. So that's the whole reason why I started Books by Kids. That's really cool. So I wanted to ask you... <clears throat> What what is it actually like? So they read to you. Tell, tell okay. about the program um, a little bit. Well, Just for those who don't know. Well, Rudy, you can speak on that. Rudy. Rudy. You know, Rudy's <laughs> the best with kids, by yeah, the way. The program, you know, is like getting the kids to read to you while they're in the chair. And if they do, they get $3 and a piece of candy. A lot of the kids are usually shy and they don't like to read. But I tend to, like, kind of get them to read, like, here. 
like look at this and tell me what this is kind of like look at the shape like look at this and then they just get into into the groove and they kind of just I was like alright read one page then they just continue to read and read you know so it's it's like really good you know you get them out of their comfort zone sometimes and even some of them don't want to read you know you go alright look at this picture what's this color what's this shape and you grab their attention that way. Mm-hmm. And they like that you're working with them, kind of. You know, like even the little kids. Some of them are like, oh, I can't read, I can't read. And you just grab them into something else. And they really enjoy it because, you know, you're keeping them happy and comfortable. So. It's just that interaction with them rather than them reading. You know, the interaction first is like, oh, it's not like reading. He's just asking me what this shape is or what animal this is. So, but he really... You know, really loves to to get kids to be able to do that, which is a gift. You know, which is amazing to see. Like it kind of transformed this to his own thing. So that's why we push him towards you, Rudy, because yeah. he loves the, he loves that. Yeah. So the hard ones we send to Rudy. <laughs> He's the one that brings them down. That's yeah. right. All right. All right. I have to remember that next time I come over. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll do it. laughs> no, but I I think it's uh, a really not only incredible program. But as you look at what you guys had mentioned with adults, I think a lot of adults, you know, one of the greatest fears is public speaking. Uh, And not only that, but even outside of public speaking, a lot of people don't know how to look uh, at somebody else in the eye and have a conversation. Usually they're looking at their phone, you know, or they're they're, looking down. They're looking down, but they're not looking up. And we miss so much of life when we're always like looking down because we're afraid or we're ashamed or we don't think we have anything to offer or there's, you know, uh, some things that maybe have been said to us that make us believe something that's not true and to really have to have a conversation and not even that you have to, but you're creating a, you're creating a comfortable environment to get uncomfortable. Right. And that's a gift in itself because it's one thing to be just uncomfortable, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, but it's a safe space, right? Like you guys have created a safe space for people to come in, kids to engage and that, I think, is so needed in our culture right now because the only way we can even learn and grow is to be outside of our comfort zone, but also to hear from a, a varied opinions. Right. And, and the only way you get into those places is to have conversations yeah, yeah, and yeah. to share, but also to listen, right? Like right, It's yeah. not just me sharing. It's my ability to listen and to engage as well. And so it's, it's been incredible to watch because I was like, wow, man, these guys are like... All yeah. over the place. I'm like, man, I need to get an autograph. And shit, you know? yeah. Next time I come in the city, cuts. But it, but it's been cool to, to see how that's played out. And so I wanted to ask you guys two follow up questions regarding that. One, what has the impact on your bottom line been as you guys have been generous? And not that you have to give specific, like here's the figures here. But have you seen, as a result of you practicing open handedness, a direct correlation? from the growth of your business and people responding in a positive way to not just, you know, sharing and liking. That's one thing on social media. That's, that's great. You know, but, but, you know, have you seen a, a a difference made in in your overall business as a result of doing those types of things? Uh, Yes, definitely it did. Um, Aside, you know, just that $3 and a lot of people, you know, on social media or, and, you know, it's like, well, why to give them three dollars? You know, they read at home, this and that. Well, that's a small investment into somebody learning how to speak up. Mm-hmm. You know, that three dollars, I don't look at it as I'm just giving money away. I'm giving 
that time and effort it within that three dollars for a little kid, they might just think it's just a dollar bill or three dollars, you know. But they don't realize the impact that what's gonna you know, go into the future as far as them learning how to speak up. Because I think a lot of people are definitely afraid to just have that conversation. Yeah. You know, just like you said, it was uncomfortable to look at you in the eye or mm-hmm. to look at somebody in the eye and talk. And there's just that uncomfortable feeling for them to be able to be like, a little kid sometimes, man, will talk to us like it's, like it's nothing. But it's just a skill that they already had. But we're trying to get the kids who are shy, who aren't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just, that I think, uh, a great thing to, to be able to, to give back to the kids at a very young age. Yeah. yeah, I think that investment is really key. Jerry, did you have something? Yeah, for sure. Um, what I think came out of the Books by Kids program is um, a lot of love, number one. Um, people are very judgmental, so they might, you know, they might judge you on your appearance, and then they see your background and they see what you do for the community and then they're like, I love this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's another thing I picked up on. Um, it's crazy because we talk about this in the shop. Us as adults can use this Books by Kids program. Even yeah. now as we speak, I'm sure there's more powerful words that I could be using. And if I read more in my barber's chair that I would know now. Mm. So that's what we're trying to push for the future with the, with the kids. It's, it's not just. It's not about just three dollars, like John said. It's not about the candy or the books. It's about further in life when you need to do an interview and you don't. You know, you don't know how to read your application. I know. I got friends that can't read an application still. Hmm. You know, almost thirty years old and they don't know how to fill out an application. But if they had a books by kids program when they were getting their haircut, then it would be a little easier for them. Another thing, the parents. Um, some parents can't connect with their kids. You know what I mean? Um, so that's where we come in. Or the, the kids are shy to, towards their parents, and they'll talk to us. So we work with them on that. Hey, do you do you help out at home? You know what I mean? Do you do uh, take out the trash? Yeah. Just trying to build them as a person. That's what it's about. I think we're trying to build many soldiers, yeah. right? Good guys. Mm-hmm. And we found it to be helpful through the Books by Kids program because of the platform that we have as barbers, we have people coming in and out, all different types of, different sorts of people from every, from ages two years old, like your son, and I have a 94-year-old client, you know what I mean? So, it, it's, it varies. Gio, what you think? Yeah, I, um, I also think not, uh, not only as a business, but also as, uh, you know, me as a person, I've seen like growth as well, and you know, like, you know, when you give uh, good things, you know, you also get good things back. And I think that uh, that also reflects on you as, you know, when you have somebody else coming in, you also feel better about yourself. And, you know, I used to have, like, probably you guys know already, like, uh, not a lot of patience, you know, when uh, when I first, like, you know, started working here. But I've seen the change in myself, you know, with the kids, you know, talking to them, you know, having, you know, you, you uh, I guess... I don't have any kids, so it's like But now it's like wow, you know, now you know, you just I'm okay with it. And you know, I feel better, you know, you know, I make them laugh and you know that makes me feel better, you know, about myself too. So I guess that's making me like, you know, getting ready from you know, for when I get you know, when I have my own kids and it's gonna help me, yeah, it's gonna help me, you know, a better person, better parent. So I think, you know, it's it's always uh um 
something good, something positive, you know, that comes back to you as yeah. a barber. Yeah, I was going to say too, like, as I, I think about the investment that you guys have made, and I, and I think I'm picking up on the, that language, investing in the next generation in this way, I think uh, as we're sitting in your new, your new digs here, <laughs> so to speak, I think it's a, I think there's a correlation between your generosity, your open-handedness, and the opportunities and the doors that have been opened up for City Cuts. Um, and, and just even the growth that you guys have seen, the, the, the favor and the way that has uh, caused people to want to come here, even if they don't live right in Kutztown, like right. I don't live in Kutztown, right. you know, I'm, I'm about to, to move at some point to, to the, uh, closer to this area. And, uh, even Jerry kind of counseled me through that cause I'm, I'm a city guy yeah. and, uh, <laughs> from Atlanta originally and, and Jerry's like, Hey man, like this is a great place for peace of mind. But even just watching that correlation between you know, your open handedness and how that has uh, come back to benefit what you guys are doing. And uh, I think that's really, I think sometimes we we don't see that, right? We see like, oh man, this is so much loss. Like we're losing so much, quote unquote, but really, but really no, we're giving. Yes. And as we give, there's not guarantees on the other side of what's going to look look like and what it's going to what's going to happen as a result. But I I think people want to give back generously and support Mm -hmm a company in an organization who is about not just themselves and making this bigger and better, mm-hmm. but Hey, how can we benefit others? Right. How can we serve others? How can we have that mindset and attitude and perspective? And it's just a beautiful model. Cause I don't, I don't think a lot of people think about it in that way. And not that you set out like, Hey, right, how can right. I generate more business? <laughs> you know, but, but really, even as you said, Hey, it was really out of a, a heart to say, and see uh, kids and, and others be able to engage in conversations and to read. And really, it's powerful to think about how that's <laughs> impacted your, not only those those kids and their parents, but even your business. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture. And it's cool to be able to get a, a firsthand um, account from you guys and to see it, you know, a front row seat, so to speak of what's going on with that. And as I think about book by, books by kids, I wanted to ask you guys, because I have a lot of people that um, reach out to me or I've seen reach out to you guys about like, hey, we want to help with this program. How could people help with this program? And when I say help, not not tell you what you need, but rather <laughs> literally I'm asking, like, because I think sometimes when, when we go to different things like this and they're exciting, sometimes the thing that we're doing may not be helpful. So I want to ask you guys, if people wanted to get involved, how could they help? Are, are books helpful or what, what are some things like that? Well, as of right now, we have tons of books. <laughs> we, we can't keep up with, you know, giving them out. Um, I think the best way to kind of help out it is just kind of start with your own kids. If you, you know, if you're willing to just do that, mm. you know, cause, or go to other businesses and just offer that. It, look, this is what they're doing. What can you guys offer as far as um, to the kids, as far as getting their confidence up, whatever it may be, you know? But it has to be within yourself as a business owner to want to do something like that. Mm. You can't force somebody to be like, hey, do these for the kids because if you don't see that vision, then it's not it's not going to blossom. Yeah. You know, it has to be within yourself to kind of want to help out. So I think parents, if you do guys want to help, um, it's just start with your own kids and whoever you're around. That would be yeah. the most important thing rather than... Mm. Thinking about, you know, 
or these guys, what, can, what they can do for my kids. Right. You know, so. That's really good. Well, here's a question I wanted to ask, not necessarily about books, books by kids, but really about education. And I heard around the table, and it's really cool to hear you guys' even vantage point on the front end of the introduction, and it really speaks to this question. Education is very important to you. Why and how do you see it changing communities? And what's your perspective on the current collegiate structure? In other words, you know, as, as you look at, yeah. you know, education being important, I, I heard Nate uh, doing this apprenticeship, I think speaking into some of that, and even what you guys are seeing, because I think you haven't taken what I would call traditional mm-hmm. paths, but I, I'm personally uh, a big proponent of uh, pursuing paths that are actually going to work for you, exactly. first of all. Right. And they're going to set you up for success. Yes. And then secondly, not limiting what it could be because someone says it should look like this, yeah. fill in the blank, right. whatever right. that is. <laughs> yeah, like someone, the American dream is this, yeah. whatever. And you're like, well, is it? Th- that seems like a nightmare to me, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Depending yeah. on like, what That's it is that you're talking is. about. So can you guys just speak into that? Well, um, I would like Nate to kind of speak on it because he's firsthand just... Fresh out, Fresh out of college, so and this is what he's been kind of fed into. So go ahead, Nate. Um, I think like education is definitely important, but it just depends. You got to know what type of education you need. Like I thought, I need like a college education, and you know, like I said, I didn't. You know, for what I wanted to be, I wanted to be a barber. I knew that my whole life, but like I said, growing up through high school, they tell you college, 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 and I do agree that college is good for, you know, the the right path if you can be like a doctor work in the legal system something like that yeah absolutely go to college but if but i mean like we need more more trades in today's world mm-hmm. that i think like if you want to do a trade don't waste your time and go to college learn it right out of high school you know don't waste your money on like i did i wasted so much money on college because you know i thought i wanted to do that and um yeah i just and like education like i've, I've learned so much here too like in co- i've learned more here than i did in college all my high school I mean, it's, it's, it's a different type of learning. It's like more real world. Like obviously I didn't learn algebra here, you know, but I'm learning, you know, how to do everything in my everyday life way, way more than I would. In, in yeah. College. I want to ask you about this. Uh, so you said you started at college mm-hmm. and then you left there and then just correct me if I'm, I'm wrong on this. You went to barber school. I had planned to go to barber school Okay. and I was coming in for a haircut. Yeah. And I told Jerry and John overheard me that I I dropped out of college to go to barber school, and then I left. And maybe a half hour later, I get a text from Jerry saying, "Do you want to work at City Cuts?" And I thought he was joking. I thought I didn't know he meant I knew he meant like that. And I said, "Absolutely." And he's and I said, "I have a I had a job at the time already." So I said, um, "I'll bring in my hours so you guys know my availability." This was on a Saturday, and I showed up Monday. And I've been here ever since. <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask you, because I think this, I've been in a lot of conversations with people in our community. So there's uh, two, two things that I'm hearing. One is there's not enough people to staff all the vacancies as far as opportunities work on the workforce. Right. And then the second thing I'm hearing is there's not a lot on the trade side of things. People aren't willing to pursue this trade path because they don't think it's a viable option. So in light of that, you talked about an apprenticeship. And so I wanted to ask you guys, what does an apprenticeship look like at City Cuts? And what does that mean? And again, it, you know, I know that you guys are probably working through some of that, but yeah. but I think it's a pretty interesting way and model uh, to go about helping to build up, you know, different people who are going to take this path. 
Um, Jerry can speak on it because he's firsthand uh, been an apprentice of mine for a number of years. You know, it's just you're supposed to get 12 and 50 hours and then kind of finish off with a, a written and um, practical exam, but I think it's way more than that in City Cups. You learn life skills, you learn with how to deal with people, certain problems that they have. Um, it's just, I don't look at it as just barber school. Right. I look at it as more of a real world problems where how are you going to deal with certain situations? Hmm. So, right. Yeah, uh, definitely. Apprenticeship. It's like um, it's like being raised all over again, hmm. because you're forming, you're callousing your mind to a certain mindset. You know what I mean? And you have to backtrack because, like I said, you have a brick mind. We're adults already, so we have to backtrack and kind of redo our thinking, our our way of thinking. So it's not just about cutting hair; it's about greeting everyone that comes into the barbershop. You know what I mean? Making sure you give them daps before they leave. You know what I mean? Just little things like that um, built, built me up as a person. I had a head start because I love talking to people. I love smiling. So that was easy. But then I had it, it was what came out of my mouth would need to be adjusted. You know what I mean? So after being around, being around the people a lot, you know, meeting new people every day, in and out, I kind of picked up on not how I should be, but like what my personality, what my potential is you know what I mean so I try to capitalize on that as much as possible now everyone knows me as the guy by the door smiling talking and I can guarantee to make you smile that was that was the way I was made <laughs> me and John have been best friends since fourth grade I've been making him laugh ever since <laughs> hence the reason why I'm at the door you know what I mean so the apprenticeship is more than barbering yeah you're gonna learn how to cut hair cool anybody can learn how to cut hair but to be a stand-up individual you that's apprenticeship at bar at City Cuts Barbershop. That's really cool because I do think it's like a lot of uh, unlearning. Uh, so like you were talking about, like right, it's, right. you know, it's like a, somewhat of like a rebirth because right. you're you're having to unlearn some of the things uh, that you've become accustomed to. <laughs> but because this is really about people, right? This is right. the people business. This is not the haircut business. That's right. Uh, you know, it's a byproduct of the people business that you're mm -hmm. cutting here. Just a uh, but it's it's really about people and it's about engaging them and it's about connecting with them and it's about knowing who you are. Like, I, that's one of the other things I was noticing as I've been here uh, with you guys before is you're true to who you are and, but you, you're, you, you're, you're best version of yourself here. Like, I, I, yes. I watch, as I listen to the different stories of you guys, like, you're not trying to be Jerry or John. You're, no. you're, you're seeking to be your yourself. Right. And, and that's what actually makes the team mm -hmm. really unique and beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Because that back and forth of these different opinions, personalities, the way you see the world. Backgrounds. Even different backgrounds. Yeah. All that. All that makes for a beautiful culmination as, as people enter into this place. Well, uh, I just want to speak on that. Um. This is a, a barbershop where everyone is welcome. Mm -hmm. You don't, you know, just pick certain type of people to come in and out. Um, as you can see, all the barbers are different here. You know, <laughs> Filipino. He's African American. <laughs> uh, Spanish. Was Filipino, huh? I thought Jerry was Filipino. Well, yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Only on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, natives obviously white and he's <laughs> Haitian. So, but we're all <laughs> different. Haiti, I guess. But our common goal is, you know, just we want everyone to feel like you can be a great person by being yourself, mm-hmm. and as you should be. I think everybody has that that talent within them to to kind of bring it out. So, if this is a place for you to, to come in and just feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't matter what you look like, don't matter you know, the color of your skin, none of that stuff matters, but what you have inside and what you're willing to do for others. I think that's where we all have that common goal. And we kind of learned that as we grow, like Gio said, he learned that about that himself. Because mm-hmm. in the beginning, he was just pretty much just, just cutting hair. But now he's understanding like it's more than about cutting yep. hair. He does awesome, man. Yeah, and then right in that growth. Now um, knowing that, like, yeah, and then being here and watching you do your thing, you know, like it's it's cool because yeah. I've, I've observed you guys doing that. The so, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And, and that growth from each individual, like Rudy, you know, we had to definitely had um, a lot of unlearned, like how you said, he was doing things which weren't benefiting himself and the shop. So for him to understand, like, oh, that's the wrong way to do things. And for him to adjust, it just showed his maturity level as a man. You know, now that he's seen that little bit of growth, like, oh, man, I could do this now. I'm able to do this. Keep so, it just, yeah, just keep on that confidence grows within you by being around people who like, we want to be better each and every day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just that fulfilling feeling like, man, I, I made somebody, like, really feel good about themselves mm-hmm. today. Like, I, I, I'm satisfied with my day. Um, as far as our individual growth, I think it's can be out of this world. You know, uh, I'm not looking at my final destination. I'm looking at if I can affect so many people, which I did, but can I do it at a bigger scale now? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at that because if I can do it to one person, I'm able to do it to hundreds or thousands or however many who's willing to, you know, listen. Yeah, and that's the power of like even, you know, the apprentice mindset yeah. because really that is the model of even Jesus the greatest leader ever right. he, he had an apprentice and people who, who did a, you know a, they did the apprenticeship with him the, yeah. these, these 12 men walked with him right. and as a result it wasn't limited to just him but this movement spread, spread right. and it wasn't just a message that's part of it but it was the Jesus way the way he did his life the way he lived the, the way that they cared for the least, the lost, the lonely, how they were generous. I mean, you read through the early church and you can tell they walked with someone for a long time, three and a half years. And because one time they were like really cowardly and then all of a sudden they're emboldened and it's because of the vibes. Well, yeah, right. (laughs) Under this, someone who was really intentional, like even what you guys are talking about, like there was intentionality, there was shared life. There was, Hey, even opportunities to grow to stay humble and teachable in the midst of that. Of course. And not to not to let our momentary discouragement hold us back from who we could be and who we should be, who, who we're intended to be, the best version of ourselves. It's, it's beautiful to, to think about it even in those terms because as you're saying that, just the the movement and, and the impact that that makes is, is really incredible to see what, what could happen and is already happening as well. So I wanted to, to see, did anybody else have any thoughts on the college structure currently? Because um, I, I know we didn't really, I, I know, I think you guys have some other I, thoughts. I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, my thing is, uh, you know, we're in a college now. 
So I, I hear about all the stories of, oh uh, man, I'm, I just graduated now. I don't know what to do with you know with myself. It's like, what'd you go to school for? But you have this loan of forty thousand or fifty thousand dollars of a loan. It's like you're pretty much starting off life on the bottom of the hill, rather than midway or at the top of the hill because you just went through school and you just accomplished something that a lot of people don't get to accomplish. You know. And I think that the structure of it is is wrong, say to speak, just because some people aren't don't have that the the savings of other families. Mm-hmm. And it's really tough one because you're digging a bigger hole for yourself by going to school. Some of it, no, not all of it, but you're digging you're digging that hole, and it's like really tough to get out of it. So what you gotta do is try to get a real quick job, real quick, because you have to pay that loan back within six months. And so you're you getting set up to to fail because you're you're stuck in that 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 wheel of like let me just get this job so I can pay this off, you know. So I feel like they need to change it some way somehow. I don't know. I don't have the answer, you know. But it, it's wrong for for college kids who are like twenty two, twenty three years old starting off with a debt of forty, fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I think a lot of that too is just a misunderstanding of numbers. Yeah, like, like a lot, I mean that like in the most like humble way. That's not a judgment on yeah. anybody. But when you're like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, you don't probably understand those no. numbers. You don't understand how how the world works well, uh, with finance, finance, yeah. financing, and, and the loan structures. And then I think also the um, the inability to think creatively. Like so, community college is oftentimes looked down upon, but right. that is an incredible it's option. Yeah. It's, it's an incredible option. Yeah. Trade school. Straight schools are an incredible option. Doing the apprenticeships, incredible. Op- There's a lot of different ways you can go about the path that you're you're going to take. It's something for everybody. That's right. That's right. And John, I didn't mean to cut you off. Man, were you going to say something? Um, it's just the the thought alone of you know going against the grain. Yeah. It's that confidence of am I doing the right things? Like when not want to start off with you know opening my own shop. People in my own family were against it. They meant, well, I know they did. They really meant like, ah, oh, what about this? They just looked at it, the negative factor, because nobody else in my family opened a business. Everybody just had regular jobs. So for me to, to, to be able to, and it's funny because you can get a loan for college, right? But it's so hard to get a business loan, to start a business. That's crazy. That's, that to me does not make sense. Even if you're applying for a $10,000 loan, but you could get a plot for a $50,000 loan, on a college like loan is like why would you set me up for that so but like I said people in my own family kind of doubted me but they meant well for me so they just kind of had like how did you work through that man like cause I, I know what it's like to I mean sometimes people like yeah uh, sometimes you just can't listen to what everybody feel like what you should be doing you gotta like listen to yourself like well this is what I wanna do if I fail then I fail Knowing that I tried, mm-hmm. you know, once you try, then you're like, all right, if it doesn't happen here, then probably can happen somewhere else. But just not just giving up on what you really want to do. Yeah, I think one of the things we talked about before on this uh, area is the ability to believe in yourself and to believe in the vision mm-hmm. that you have to the point where all the noise doesn't I mean you can't learn from the noise, right? But to distinguish between the noise. <laughs> Even well-meaning noise, right? Yeah. Well-meaning yeah. criticism. People that love you, care about you, being able to say, you know what? No, I, 
I, be, I believe so much in, in this and in myself and what I'm setting out to do that even if I fail, right. I still succeeded. Yes. Because yeah, you tried. Because I, I tried yeah. and I set out uh, to do, you know, what it is that uh, I was, you know, I felt like I was put on the earth to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's learnings along the way. You know, there's things that, you know, happen, you know, as far as ways you can grow and improve, but to not try because it's not safe. Right. You know, and I think the, the, the path of least resistance is the path that many choose, you know, <laughs> but really that's not the path that's going to allow you to get to where you are. I mean, the reason we're in this barbershop is because in 2006, you did something that a lot of people were like, you know, you shouldn't do this. Right. This is great. Kutztown? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure I can imagine yeah. the question. Kutztown, you're going to do what? You're going to open city Well, cuts? even, the, you know, yeah. the people that were coming in early on are like, why'd you pick Kutztown? I said, well, I thought there was a need for it because there was a college here. But not knowing that there's a need everywhere, not mm-hmm. just, just because of a college. But so you kind of change that mindset, like, well, don't just target one specific group. You gotta just make it available for everybody. Yeah, right. You know, it just just goes for anything in life. You can't, you can't. If you try, you know, I wanted to be a basketball player, but obviously that didn't work out. But still balling, man. I saw. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to go out there. At the same time, you know, it's I coach basketball. Yeah. And that was way more fulfilling than me trying to fulfill my dream because the, I helped them grow as a person and as a basketball player. So there's other avenues. If that's what you really want, there's other avenues for you to be successful really and to get that So and fulfill your own dreams at the same token. That's really cool. That's an, uh, another thing to touch on the school um, comment. Um, a lot of people go to school because they feel like they have to because people might look down on them or, you know, their families, like, you better go to college. You know, your mom, your dad went to college, your granddad went to college. So people, some people feel obligated to go to college, and that's not even what they really want to do. They feel as though maybe their thought isn't good enough or their idea isn't good enough. So, and that trickles all the way back down to books by kids because if you build your confidence while reading a book in a chair at City Cuts... <laughs> You will you you won't be shy to stand up for yourself. You know what I mean. Those insecurities will be out the window. Your or confidence, for others. or for others, your confidence level will be uh, um, on a thousand. So it's like these people are going to college, not wanting to go to college. So they get all this debt, and then they don't know what to do. So then they get stuck, and then they go. You know, they might turn to other things like drugs or streets, or it, it can get deep as like you don't know. You know what I mean? Because people aren't speaking up. Mm-hmm. So they're just going with the flow. That traditional go to college, that's not for everybody. I didn't go to college. I barely graduated high school. Me too. You know what I mean? So to to just be able to give back, that's... Every time a kid gets in the chair, it's an opportunity to give that three, four, five-year-old all the knowledge that I have. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a kid that young with knowledge of a 30-year-old? So that's what we're trying to push for everybody. No, I think, too, like what you said is really good, though, about um, just kind of going with the flow. I think there's a deficit of people knowing how to actually think things through, meaning right. we kind of just, whatever we're told, we don't we don't have an ability to like, discern and dissect. Right. And that doesn't mean that we need right. to be, like, mean-spirited about it, but we're, but we're not able to, like, critically think, mm-hmm. you know, and say, hey, wait a minute, like, is this even what I really want to do? <laughs> right. Like, I mean, why... 
you know, like, why am I doing this? Or why am I even in this place? Or, you know, we, we oftentimes just kind of go with the flow or, or whatever narratives are handed down to us, right. whether it's from our family story or yeah. our peer groups or, yeah. or whatever. And I think to break that cycle is, right. is so important. And I, I think whether it's, you know, books, books by kids or even this apprenticeship or, or all these ways that I hear even from you guys saying, Hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. Like Gio is talking about leaving his job, you know, like, Hey, I, you know what? Like I'm, I'm, I'm leaving it, yeah. and, I, and, and I'm going to start at City Cuts. And each of you guys have a unique story about saying, hey, I was on this path, but then I was like, right. I, I, why yeah. am I staying here? Like, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that, Gio? Like, well, just yeah, I mean, like, you know, going back to, you know, when, like, uh, other um, people uh, asking questions about, you know, like John said, his own family. But also, like, sometimes it comes to, like, your own self, like, doubting yourself. Like, you know, do I really want to do this? Mm-hmm. And, like, me, like you said, you know, I had a... a a job at a uh, warehouse and I said you know do I want to just like quit and then you know stop like getting that check every week you know and, and uh, you know I have bills to pay you know car payments and all that and uh, all those things don't wait for you whether you know you have a job or not uh, or you know but I also said you know I don't I don't see myself doing this for the rest of my life going nowhere mm. you know you know doing the same job every single day and you know sort of getting older and you know what's What's for my future? You know, do, do I want to keep doing this until like I'm not able to do it anymore? And then what? So I just, you know, one day I just so I I see that that's basically the best decision that I ever made for myself. And also, you know, and not, you know, and, and like I said, sometimes you gotta have more um, trust in yourself and being more um, confident in what you want. And you know, you have people saying yes, and you have people saying no. But at the end of the day, you know, it's uh, it's you, your life. Yeah. So I think uh, you know, it comes down to you. Yeah, took, took you gotta listen of, to yourself. Yeah, it took a lot of courage to do that. Nate. It did. And like even yeah. as I was listening to Nate too, just being like, "Hey, you know what? Like, yeah, like <laughs> I know I'm like this far into the college thing, especially but, Nate. You know, you know like, like, I, college is like you know. But no, seriously, I I think it does take courage not to just take a, a impulsive move because it wasn't impulsive. When I hear you guys, it was a calculated risk mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, I, I'm putting." My cards all, all on the table. All in, right. Yeah, I'm going all in here. I'm not. I'm not holding back. And yes, if I have to adjust, okay, that's fine. But at least I tried, as we talked about. Yeah. So as we we think about you know what you guys are doing here at City Cuts, and you know as, as we you know are sitting here, and I look at the business trajectory that you guys have been on. What's the greatest challenge of owning a business? Like, what are some some of those challenges? Um, to me, it was just like, in the beginning, you just don't know how you're going to pay your bills. That, to me, that was the biggest challenge. Um, it, it was just like that unknown, like when I first opened up, I had no, like, client following me from Allentown. I had maybe like one or two, were pretty much stuck, but that's not enough to pay your bills. So you need, you know, just to kind of just get out that rut like man you have to go out there and kind of meet people and get out your com- my comfort zone I was very shy mm. up until you know pretty much coaching basketball yeah. I wasn't good at you know speaking in public or just cause you just fear of that being judged is like it sucks you know like damn everybody's looking at me if I say something wrong now if I do say something wrong I'm okay with that mm. I'm still learning as a person at 32 years old I'm still learning each and every day so mm. If I'm wrong, cool, correct me. Please correct me. Yeah. Right. You know, I want you to correct me if I'm wrong at something. Um, 
it's just getting that confidence of like over and over like you said that callus on your, on your brain because so what if you get kicked down hmm. it's about getting back up and trying again and again and again and eventually you're going to knock that door down yeah. you know so yeah. it just means staying you know true to myself and helping others and it, it, it went this way so I'm grateful for it yeah, I was going to ask you like so when you said you know paying the bills and how to get out there like what are some of the things you did to get out there. Like, I know what that means. Like, to get legs. But I mean, for, for those who are like, considering starting something, yeah. like, I think that's often a, a missed yeah, uh, thought yeah. about it, especially since social media is blown up. So yeah. people think like, oh yeah, man, I just post something and right. like all of a sudden, like, that's the same as like getting out there. And that's part of it. But right, it's right. not the same thing as like, even what you guys have done. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of like, unpack that a little bit? Well, I mean, you know, back in 2006, social media was the kind of just like starting off. Yeah. So you really had to meet people, you know, face to face, go door to door and be like, all right, my name is John. I just opened a city cuts barbershop down the street. You know, if you ever need a haircut, here's my information. Just that meeting alone is like, oh, okay, I didn't know about you. So now that I do know about you, you know, but now it's so easier to kind of connect with millions of people online. Mm -hmm. So things are a lot easier, but still, you're still on the phone or behind the screen. We don't get that one-on-one -on -one interaction. So at the same time, it's easier to do it, but it's harder because you don't have that interaction. They don't know you. They might see your face or I see his face. But is it really you? Yeah, yeah. You know, but I'll get a feel for you because you're right next to me. Mm -hmm. I know what you kind of, you know, looking at or your body language, stuff like that. So it's just, like I said, and these guys can, you know, talk about it a little bit more. But it's definitely not an easy route to, to do it that way. You have to find your own path. Well, I, I was going to say, I think it's a combination of connecting on a personal level right. and also leveraging tools like social media, but not become overly dependent on, on, right. on, on it, but also to work in conjunction with both of them. Because if, if you pick only one or the other, yeah. there's, there's a, a real hindrance. So like, really, you guys have a core following already. And I would say it's, it's pretty large. You know, just from like what we've talked about and I've seen. So you can still leverage. And I, I think even the things that you guys do, like this event coming up on the 24th, this back to school bash, you guys are putting yourself out there. You're going to connect with right. people who may have never heard of City Cuts. Right. Right. So you're purposely like saying, hey, we're doing this, you know, event to serve the community. But it also gives you um, a, a chance for to make contacts with people who may not know about you as well as leveraging your social media platforms. But I think the danger oftentimes with people who are starting things, the things I'm noticing, what I'm noticing is we can sacrifice um, one or the other and not work in collaboration right. with both of them. Find that balance. And you need both. Yeah. Like you can't be like, oh, it's not, you know, yeah. I'm not going to be like social media. I'm going to be an old fashioned like yeah. business owner. Yeah. Yeah. No, you actually need both yeah. to yes. really help you leverage that. And, but you can't be like, so into social media that you're like, you know, I'm not going to ever leave my screen or, or I'm, I'm just waiting for them to come here. Well, I mean, I think <laughs> them three guys right there, they could definitely speak on that because they're still kind of shy on their social media yeah. platform, Yeah. which is, that's just that, that like I said, you kind of working within yourself. So that's right. Go ahead. What do you think, Rudy? Well, I think you should be on social media and also put yourself out there as well. You know, talk to people. I, me personally, I don't really post pictures like that. You know, it's not like it's not like me being shy or yeah. like 
kind of scared to post a reaction. But me personally, I feel like I don't need social media or something for somebody to kind of be like, hey, I want to follow this guy just because of social media. I mean, it helps. But personally, you know, you want to talk to people, build it up yourself, kind of, you know, like you kind of let your work speak for yourself or whatever, you know, if a person likes you, they like you. It's not like, you know, everybody feel like I need all a bunch of likes or this and that on social media to feel accepted. But, you know, that's not really the case. You know, you should really be more interacting with people, kind of talking to people, you know, just that's the feel. Because a lot of people on social media, some people, they don't even talk to you or respond back to you or whatever the case may be. So you being out there, you know, you talking to people, that's, I feel like that's better. Yeah, and I think everybody's going to like, you know, like have a preference on it. I think the, the big thing is, I think saying, hey, let's not sacrifice the people part of it oh, yeah. for, right. for one or the other, right. but really continue to keep that as the, the priority. And as I think about uh, what you guys were talking about as far as the, the business um, piece of it and even continuing to move forward, I, I wanted to ask you, what, what advice would you give to someone starting a business? And you guys can all speak into this because I, I know you in some ways have been a different parts of the journey of City Cuts. You know, in 2006, it probably was just you, right? You know, and then slowly you started adding more barbers uh, to, to what the shop has become. But as, as people are, are looking to, to start a business, what, what advice would you give them? I feel like you need a strong team, you know? You need strong people around you if you're starting a business or whatever, because if you're just by yourself, it's not working that way. And if you could work with other people, but if everybody don't have the same mindset, <laughs> your business is going to crash because not everybody's on the same lane. You know, you have to be on the same path. Like if John is on a path, we all have to be on it because it's the business and we all reflect the business. You can't have one person lacking because then nobody, everybody's going to come in the door and be like, oh, these people are separated. They're not together. You know, so your business needs people. I feel like you really need people, strong people who backs their ideas. That's really good. Nate, what you got? I agree with Rudy on like a strong core. I also think it's really important to step to date with the trends. I think especially with barbers and like there's other trades like a tattoo shop, but also if you want to open one of those, you got to stay up with the trends. But like with a barber shop, if you only know how to do a flat top, you know, you're never going to get anywhere in today's trends. If you can only do fades, you'll definitely get farther. It's good to have a big, like versatile, um, like an option. Hmm. Like, you know, it's like that's just how I see it. I tend to <clears throat> have like better conversations with kids my age, you know, where kids younger than me, I can talk to them more about stuff because like, I mean... With the trends, not saying you guys aren't, but like, you know, like if kids talk to me about these like video games when they're like 11 years old, I can talk to them because like I'm only 19, you know, I'm not too old to, you know, know a lot about this stuff. So, not saying you guys are too old either. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, when, when kids, like, oh, so, like, I'm 39, so like, I think it's the old years, so, like, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Like, the biggest trend right now, probably with kids between the ages of like five and 13, is what? Like, Fortnite, probably? Yeah. When yep. they talk to, to about Fortnite to you guys, you have no idea, right? Yeah. And when they talk to me about Fortnite, you know, I, I know. I, I actually played it. You know, like, in college, that's all I did, actually. So, you didn't leave college. Yeah, so, like, I talked, like, I had a conversation with the kid today about Fortnite. He was like, 
it was 13 or 14, I think. Like, it was, it's just, like, stuff like that. If you keep up with the trends, it'll make, you know, I think your business will just go smoother. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. I think that both those are really good mm-hmm. principles. Like, teamwork. Teamwork. Like, saying, you know, uni- staying unified on what the vision is and working together as a mm-hmm. cohesive team and letting each person do their unique part while right. staying on the, the goal. And I agree with you, Nate, too. Like, you got to stay relevant, like, meaning... Keep going with the Joneses. Right. Well, not even no. just keep it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think this, that's like, you know what I mean? Like, trying to keep up with somebody else's model, but right. rather, hey, to understand the times. Right. Because if your model isn't ever, uh, whether that's the way you're cutting hair or really learning uh, for what's going to allow you to take the next step, you're just so stuck in a way. But the vision can stay the same. It should stay the same. But how you're going to go about something, it should remain flexible. Yes. Because if it doesn't remain flexible, eventually, you know, you're you're going to like die out. It will it will yeah. you know you'll bleed out other resources, or you won't have enough people knowing about you because you're so focused in on a one way of doing it. And you got to hold on to the, the culture part of who you are, the vision. But how are you going to go about it? I mean, just think about where you started. I mean, you know, you were at another shop just a couple of months ago, right? And you're yeah. in this shop. And you said to me, the re- we need another shop. Right. Why did we need another shop? Well, no, we just, because we need a fancier shop. No, that wasn't the reason. Right. It's because of the amount of people that are coming. It's the experience you guys want to give. It's all about what it is you were trying to accomplish. But if you don't stay flexible mm-hmm. and adapt and right. really continue to move forward, you can get stuck really quick. Yeah. So did you guys have anything else on that? Well, it's the thing that uh, you should be patient because, mm-hmm. you know, when you start as a barber, you, you know, nobody knows you or like, you know, you're that new guy. Nobody wants to sit with you. <laughs> you know, and I'm guessing that, you know, it's like any business. If you, you know, open a new uh, uh, restaurant, you know, people have doubts about your food, how it tastes and all that. So I think that you got to be patient, uh, keep up, like, you know, Nate says, with the trends and, you know, with the latest stuff, and uh, be uh, humble, no matter if, no matter mm-hmm. if you have two followers on social yes. media, or you have, you know, um, 10,000 10, followers. Like over here. Exactly. So, it's, you know, stay <laughs> humble, stay, you know, uh, um, down to earth, uh, true to yourself, and just, just uh, be yourself, basically. Nice. You know that I think that that's what right? yeah that makes a business you know your mm-hmm. a business actually is not all of those things together I think that you know that's what has, has made this uh, so far you know city cuts what it is yeah it's nice. successful I don't even know how to follow up after that Gio you guys are, <laughs> you guys where's the man oh, man. man what's the book coming out <laughs> <laughs> oh no autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think part of um, building a successful business, um, you're going to need a good manager. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, seriously, you got to be a people's person. Um, So that means you can't just go to your barber shop and then go home and, you know, just go to bed and wake up and do it all over. Like, you need to be out talking to people, networking, you know, going to certain events. Even, you know, if it's not yours, like, we go to all the sports events, rugby, basketball, you know, whatever we can make it to, football, that's part of the job, you know what I mean? It, and it doesn't even feel like work, but it's, you're networking, you're meeting new people, people are seeing your face, they're, they're like, alright, you know, this guy's he's a down-to-earth dude, hey, I can go check out his business or what he has going on. So you can't just be, what is it, dormant? You You can't... Just stay under the carpet. You need to be out. You need to be networking, smiling, and talking to people. So people's person is the main thing for me. 
Um, I think we all have our definitely our inputs on it. Um, my number one thing for me is, is work ethic. I love work ethic. Um, <laughs> yeah, without that, it's just you're going to bound to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at it as a team aspect, like everybody was saying. So I look at us like a basketball team. Mm-hmm. We all have our separate roles. But when we come together, we're going to win more games than we do lose games because we have that common goal. Do we want to win as a team? But we want you to shine just like you do. You know, you could be a star within your own station because it is. You have your own station. People see you. So his role is, you know, with kids. Uh, Jerry's definitely by the door. Nate is, he's just starting off. So he has to find his way as far as how can he be different from everybody else but work together. Gio, he's definitely good with, with cutting hair, period. It's just he's good with every type of haircut that, that you know, people come with the, for. And, um, and he helped us with the language barrier, too. Like, yeah, too. like, yeah, it's, you know, it's Spanish, so. Translator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, finding a little bit of each other and then kind of just forming that, that team. Yeah. You know, which. It's really good. Yeah. It, your individuality will form that, that group as, as a whole. And then, like I said, just winning basketball games is, is the common goal. Mm. So mm. winning every day. That's really cool, man. Yeah. So you're basically like the Golden State Warriors of barbershops. Is that what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right now, yes. No, you can say Toronto that. Raptors. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're like the boy. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're like the Knicks. Oh, oh, oh. Winning. That's right. That's right. Well, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, as, as you think about, you know, the team part of this in, in that aspect, um, how can people connect with you guys, you know, and, 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 you know, learn more about City Cuts, if they wanted to connect with what's going on here, how could, how could they do well, that? Well, I mean, our, our, I think the number one thing is just show up to the shop, so you get a feel for it. Yeah. Um, if you can't do that, if you're far away, definitely keep up with our uh, Instagram pages at City Cuts Barbershop, and definitely our Facebook and Google, it's just, we do a lot of stuff on there, we kind of show and try to inspire more people through those, you know, because we can connect with a lot more people. So, definitely those social media pages, try to keep up with us on that. And um, if you can, just show up to the shop and feel how it is, the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want to recommend you guys come out sometime to City Cuts just to get the vibe and, and the experience. Even, you know, you're not able to make it out here regularly just to even one time come out. It's a, such an awesome, awesome thing to be able to, to see. And so, uh, I wanted to thank you guys for being on the Vision for the Valley podcast. Oh, I know thank after you for our, having us. Yeah, after a long day of work, <laughs> making so, time uh, to, this to, is fun. To, to be on this <laughs> and sharing your stories. But I also wanted just to say to you guys, I really appreciate the good work that you're doing here and, and the impact uh, that you're making in the community, but with the customers as well. The, the gift you've been to my family, you know, we rave about you guys all the time. And it's been really cool to, to hear how others have come as a result of our recommendation and they then have raved as well. And they, you know, just that, that cycle continues on because you, you do live out what you talked about in this interview. You guys are, are living it out. And it's a, a real testament that even in traditional paths, there is a non-traditional way yeah. to arrive at success. Right. So I just want to tell you, thank you. Keep it up. And we're just grateful for the good work that you guys are doing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We appreciate the opportunity. Seriously, thanks for having us.
Thanks for joining us for the Vision for the Valley podcast. We'd love to connect with you and to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Vision for the Valley podcast, or you can email us at Vision for the Valley podcast at gmail.com.